0: All right, let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for uh, just being good to us, Lord. Uh, I thank you for your word, uh, the truth that's in it. I thank you for a church that uh, holds to uh, just the standard of your word, and we don't have to... Wonder well, what we should do on this or what we ought to do on that, but we can really just go to your word on every life circumstance. There's nothing that we come across in this world that uh, you haven't already given us, given us direction, uh, in a, in a clear path in your word. So I pray that we would just hold to it, that we would, uh, cherish it, that we would, um, really just, uh, make it, uh, our daily, uh, just food, Lord, the things that we, that we live by. So, uh, I pray you'd speak to us today as we wrap up, um, just this section on uh, some 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 disputed topics in the Bible, and I pray that these are clear and concise. I pray you get all the honor and the glory that these things wouldn't be confusing, um, but that you would really uh, allow these things to settle uh, in, in our hearts and our minds and that we would uh, just have clear direction when it comes to passages in the Bible that are uh, semi-hard to understand. So I pray for the past month class as a whole. There's uh, several people in here this morning, but I can I can count you know, uh, two handfuls that aren't here for different reasons. They're in the ministry of different things. So, Lord, you're really blessing uh, your church, and uh, I pray that you would just uh, continue to use us as you would to get your word where it needs to go on time. I pray for the vision conference that's coming. Up. It's kind of like the springboard for what we do the entire year here at HBF. It's a really busy time uh, here at Heartland, but um, we need to be busy about your work because if we're not, we're just and it doesn't really matter what else we're doing in the world. We're wasting our time. Uh, so Lord, I do pray that we would be busy about uh, your work, investing in our families uh, first and. Uh, than your church in uh, the church body in the lost world. So I pray that you would speak to me, uh, speak through me today, Lord, that you would get the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so if you got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to do a very quick review uh, of what we have looked at so far uh, in this, I, I guess we can call it a series at this point, because holy smokes, I don't think I've ever drugged anything out this long, but I have this one for sure. Uh, it's this, uh, what's that? <laughs> Not Romans. I'm talking about just this this one passage of like 17 verses. Romans took a minute, but uh, Brenton said he wanted to teach next, so uh, it's all good. So, <laughs> no. Uh, so I started this. Uh, I don't even know what you would call it. I, I titled this hot topic, but it was four highly disputed topics in the church, and I'll give you the first three and just a really quick review of them, but. Uh, Other than that, I want to get to the last point and I want to get this wrapped up that way uh, after next week when when Brady teaches, we can keep rolling on. We'll actually be rolling into chapter 12 because we talked the second part of chapter 11 first, which is odd. And you have to go back and listen as to why. And so so the first one, uh, let me just kind of read through this as we go. And these are some highly disputed, kind of uh, argued about. Although we don't do that in the church, right? Nobody argues here. Nobody gets bitter and nobody gets offended. You know, we don't do that at HBF. But uh, in case you did, these might be some topics that that would happen on because this is kind of what happens. So in First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, uh, Paul says, Be followers of me even <coughs> as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you. Now compare that to verse 17 when he says, I praise you not, and you can compare all that, go back and listen, and you can figure out what he's talking about. He says, now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and you keep the ordinances as I, as I delivered them unto you. So the first, uh, kind of disputed topic in the church is the topic of following, <coughs> excuse me, a man instead of God. And go back and, and listen to all that, but basically the, the, the point here was some people get, uh, kind of their, their, uh, can yeah that I wasn't gonna say that. Uh they they get offended when they say, Well I don't follow a man or I don't follow a woman. I only follow Christ and well praise the God. That's what you should do. Uh what I would encourage you to do, <clears throat> especially as a younger believer, not that you guys are younger believers, but just any uh, as a younger believer that you would uh find somebody what We're young at this table. So I mean I'm glad somebody in here is because I'm sure not anymore. Uh but uh find somebody that is doing the work of God, and follow them. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Uh, do what they're doing. Uh, and then as as the leader, make sure you're bringing them along so that they can start doing what you're doing, right? And go back and, and listen to the teaching on that. But God used Moses to do what? To bring the nation of Israel out of Egypt because they needed a leader, right? They needed somebody to, to follow, to emulate. The biggest thing I want you to remember on this point, though, is uh, don't follow somebody into the ditch, Don't follow somebody off the bridge, right? Everybody's uh, parents at some point said, well, if they jumped off a bridge, would you too? Well, I I guess I always told my mom, it depended on how much water was under it and how far the drop was. But that was because I was that kind of person, you know. But anyway, the point is follow somebody as they follow Christ. Paul clarifies that. But don't follow them if they're falling off the wagon, right? Uh, Become the spiritual leader at that point. So make sure. And also, let me just throw this in there. Don't assume that who you're following would never fall, right? Don't assume that who you're following could never stumble because we're all human, okay? So just understand that. But yes, it is biblical to follow somebody as they follow Christ. So there's nothing really to dispute here. Um, Just get on board with what God is doing, right? Find somebody that you can emulate as they follow Christ. And then at the same time, find somebody that you can be the the father figure in the relationship to as they follow Christ. So make sure you got that going on. So it goes on to say in verse 3, But I would have you know, That the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. And every woman that prayeth or prophesy with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even as, uh, for that uh, is even all one as if she were shaven. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be, uh, sh- but if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and the glory of God. But the woman. Uh, is the glory of the man, okay, so the next uh, highly disputed topic is the topic of the authority structure given by God. Nobody likes to have authority in their life, right nobody likes to have somebody who is supposedly their boss. Everybody wants to go to work and be the boss right Well, let me I, I promise you being the boss isn 't always the greatest thing. My favorite thing at work is going to one of tyler 's jobs because i 'm just like, man, here I am, just tell me what to do today i don 't want to think at all. You just tell me what i 'm supposed to do right. Being the boss isn't what it's all cut out to be, I promise. Uh, but it's like that in the church. It's like that in the family. Nobody likes to be uh, in subjection to anything. Well, God gives the structure right here, right? God first, then Christ then the man then the woman right in in the family structure right then the kids it's it's all in there go back and listen to it but what he's talking about when he talks about this headship is kind of like a covering uh we spent 2 weeks talking about all this so i just i don't most of you were in here i'm not going to reteach all this but make sure you understand that when he talks about uh you dishonoreth your head he's not talking about the head on your body Right? He's talking about whatever head he just told you you have in the authority structure. If you go rogue as far as what God has told you to do, then you're dishonoring your head. If a husband comes in and starts, you know, acting like a fool in the church, doing whatever he wants to do, not not honoring God. He's dishonoring his head, not the one on his shoulders, but he's dishonoring his head, his head, which is Christ. Same thing with a woman when she decides that she's going to try to uh, start doing the role that the husband was given in the marriage. Well, now she's dishonoring her head, which is her husband. Right. And so go through that. Go through that. Go back and listen to all that. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but that's the next thing, the next disputed topic that we've talked about. The next one, let's move on. This is what we talked about last week. This was really good. This was, I know all this, and I, okay, I don't know all this stuff, but I've known, I've been taught all these things, but actually working through some of this last week was really good, especially after the marriage conference, but, uh, verse 8, he says, uh, he goes on to say, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. And women start getting offended when they start hearing this, okay? Neither was the man created for the woman, but for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man and the Lord. For as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman, but all things of God. In this passage, we spent the entire time last week talking about, you know, this is really offensive to women. And, uh, you know, the, the culture we live in today is, you know, women should be empowered. And, and amen, you should be. You should be able to do anything you want. You want to go and uh, uh, work outside of the home? I encourage you to do it, right? You don't want to. Good for you. I guess it's whatever you want to do. Uh, you want to go out and make as much money as a man does? Praise the Lord. You should be able to, right? All of the things that the world says a woman should be able to do, amen. Like, you should be able to do all of those things, right? God didn't create the man any better than woman. The third topic was the topic of one sex being more important to God than the other. And I think if you were here last week, or if you go back and listen to it, which for whatever reason it's not posted yet, but it will be, uh, you'll understand that um, actually... This passage, when you slow down and read it, and you, you kind of allow your temper to calm down a minute, take it down a notch and just hear what he's trying to say, uh, it's actually more of a, if you're looking at it as a slight to one or the other, it's more of a slight to the man than the woman. He basically says that um, the man needed the woman. Uh, and without her, he is absolutely nothing, is what it says. If you go through and read it, right, that's what it's saying. Uh, he says that, uh, let's just read ver- it really quickly. He says, the man is not of the woman, but of the man. Well, go back to Genesis. The woman was created out of the rib of man. That's not a false statement. There's nothing offensive about the fact that God used the rib of the man. Why did he do that? I don't know. But he used the rib of the man to create the woman. Okay, so that's just what he's talking about there. And then he goes on to say, For the uh, man is... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Neither uh, was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Again, that's not offensive because that's the truth. God said... It is not good that man should be alone. I will create and help meet for him, right? He he says something here is not working. I don't know what. I don't know why. But he says something here isn't really tracking the way it ought to. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to create a woman who is help. She is a help meet for him, suitable, fit, designed for him. Go back and listen to that because I spent a long time explaining that whole point last week. And make sure you understand that like find the the woman or the man that God has created for you because they are meat for you right meat meaning fit or suitable or fit or designed they were made for you so when you kind of take it upon yourself to say yeah i'm ready for somebody new okay well if this was god's plan then who are you to say that i need something different i need something now i understand there's people that uh have uh, had divorce and different things uh We've talked about this multiple times in past point. Can you change anything in the past? Absolutely not. I'd go back and change a lot of things in my past. All I can do is change what I do from today moving forward. Be as godly as you can from today moving forward. You can't change anything, right? So don't. Sometimes people get they beat up. Well, what what about this or uh, the things that you are ignorant of when you did them, lost or saved. Uh, you can't change those things. Change what you do from today moving forward. That's the only way that you can glorify God. Okay, so the whole point was he, he goes on to say, uh, for this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because the angels, she's, they're, they're talking about uh, the veil or the covering or, or go back and listen, I don't, I don't have time. Nevertheless, is the man without the woman? That basically says right there, he isn't even who he's supposed to be without her. He can't get anything done. He struggles doing anything. Is there uh, a married husband in here that would say, yeah, that's definitely the case because I would. I I can't do anything without my wife and the the way that she comes alongside of me and supports what I'm doing. Nevertheless, is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man. She can't do what she was created to do without him right? Now you might say, well, what about single ladies? Go back and listen to last week because we clarified all of that, okay? But I just want to make sure everybody understands I'm not skipping over anything. We taught it last week. So I really want to get to this last point because uh, there's just some things we need to talk about. Uh, for this cause, or I'm sorry, uh, for as the woman is of the man, even so is the man also by the woman. He is who he is because of her. He is by the woman, uh, but all things of God, right? So there is not one sex, because some churches will even tell you this, that is any more important to God than the other. It's foolishness, okay? Make sure you understand that. Uh, ladies, you need to understand that. And if you, especially single ladies, come across uh, a young man or an old man or any man that thinks otherwise, you should have them come talk to me, and I will uh, inform them otherwise. So uh, it's unnecessary, and uh, you deserve better. So just throwing that out there. Okay, so Let's get to the last point, because I'm I really want to get to this point, because I just don't understand why it is what it is. But let's just read through it uh and, and we'll get to it. So, verse thirteen says, Judge in yourselves, is it comely? Meaning is it proper, is it okay, is it however you want to say it, that a woman pray unto God uncovered? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her for her hair is given her for a covering. But if any man seem to be contentious, we have no such custom, neither the churches of God. The last highly disputed topic, and I don't know why it's disputed, I never would have thought that it actually would be disputed until recently when I was just like, I don't understand how anybody could even have that opinion, but I'll listen to it, and then I'll show you why it's biblically not true. But uh, the topic, where are we at? of physical appearance leading to godliness or ungodliness. Specifically, he uses the example of a man having long hair. But we can use this as an example of a lot of things. The topic of physical appearance leading to godliness or ungodliness. So the first thing we need to understand from this passage, again... When you come across passages in the Bible, passages in the Bible, that seem to be, uh, maybe contentious, maybe seem to be confusing, seem to come across as, uh, like Dr. Seuss maybe wrote them, uh, because it's just like back and forth, and what exactly is it trying to say? Slow down. Read it. Verse by verse. Read it phrase by phrase. Right? And remember the context. What's the first rule of any Bible study? You should know this context the principle of context understand the context of the book that it was written in understand the context of the chapter as a whole understand the context of the testament the dispensation that it's written in and you might be like i don't understand those words you're using that's fine um get into d1 go through d1 and then jump into d2 and i'll explain all those things to you okay but for now just understand context the basic context who wrote it who are they writing to all of those things okay so When you look at this in context, what is he trying to say in verse 13? He says, judge in yourselves. This is the first time in the entire chapter that he has said anything like this. He didn't just say, hey, this is what it says. He says, judge in yourselves. What is that saying? It's personal preference. He even goes on so much to say in verse 16. He says, judging yourselves. So basically what he's saying is anything from verse 13 to verse 16. These are personal preference. He says, judging yourselves. And then he gets to verse 16 after he has said what he knows may be contentious or uh, argumentative. He says, but if any man seem to be contentious, if anybody's offended by what I just said, understand this. We have no such custom. Neither the churches of God. There is no doctrine that says you can or can't do this. He says the church doesn't say you can't do this or you can do this. The church doesn't say that if you're not like this, if you don't look like this, if you don't fit this, then you don't fit in. It doesn't say that. He says, judge in yourselves. And then after you judge in yourselves, make sure you understand that if somebody in the church tries to tell you otherwise, they're full of it. And you can figure out what it is. But uh, he says, we have no such custom meaning me who is writing this, nor the churches of God, okay? So right there, if you are in any way offended or uh, kind of defensive about what it's trying to say, it's personal preference, right, in general. Now, he uses the example of hair, and we'll talk all about that, but we're talking about anything. There is no physical appearance that's going to get you any closer to God than the other, Right? Um, God is going to, I've seen God use people that you would never think would be fit for that. And He uses them better than anybody else. Right? Uh, God sent, uh, the, the whitest white guy in the world to India in Doug Pearson, and like there's a revival going on. Right? It, he will use the things that you think are completely out of place sometimes for His glory. Right? Sometimes he uses uh, the weak things to confound the wise. He, he does all of those things. Make sure you understand that there is no I need to be like this, right, to fit in, to do this for God. Now, I will say this. Don't expect that you can just be like, oh, well, this is how God created me. I'm ready to be a missionary. I'm ready to be a pastor. I'm ready to do X, Y, and Z. There might be some training that goes into it, but it has nothing to do with physical appearance, right? There might be some learning that you need to do. Uh, there might be some growing that you need to do. There were some things that uh, I needed to, like, knock off the rough edges over time. God had to, like, hey, he probably ought not do that anymore, son. Those kinds of things. But physical appearance, absolutely not. So make sure you understand that first and foremost. Before we even get into the details, it's personal preference at all. Now, if you need to understand... What he's trying to say in this context, well, let's go farther. But, make sure you understand, just in general, if you're ever like, well, I can't do that because of the way that I look, because of, like, I, I've heard people say, I can't do that because uh, I, I, I'm overweight. I can't go on a mission trip because uh, I can't get on an airplane. I've seen, uh, that's all a bunch, that's, that's all a bunch of lies that the devil's trying to feed you. I can't go do this because I don't fit in there. I can't go do that because I don't fit in this way. And, like, God will use anybody, anywhere, Are you willing? Because what actually all of those things are, uh, it's the devil using your insecurities for whatever it is in your life that you're insecure about, trying to tell you that you can't. Um, And I'm here to tell you that there is nothing that you cannot do. The Bible says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Uh, It doesn't say that you can do most things. It doesn't say that you would be able to do that if you fit in. You can do all things through Christ. Do you want to? Eh, okay, well that's on you. Do you want to? Because you can if you want to. It doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, right? Uh, the color of your skin, uh, th- none of those things. It, it is it is a mess, all right? okay? So the, the way the world and the way that the devil uh, has really m- twisted these things up. So let's get into this though, because what in the world is it talking about? What you look like has nothing to do with how God uses you or how you can or cannot bring Him glory, no matter what. Right? It says, judging yourselves, is it comely that a woman pray unto, pray to God uncovered?" Okay, so the question is about a woman who uh, is basically uh, going on in the church without a covering. Right? Meaning without a spiritual authority. Go back in the chapter, remember the context is talking about spiritual authority. Right? Is it So why do we go from that to talking about hair? Well, there's a reason. He's using it as an example. He doesn't just like pick one thing and say, okay, now I just really wanted to throw a dart at this group of people. He uses, a lot of times, a physical example to teach a spiritual truth. The Bible is really good about that. Paul's really good about that as he teaches. He goes on to say, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory unto her, for her hair is given her for a covering. Why does it go from, is it okay for a woman to come into the church uncovered, to talking about long hair? Okay, well, we'll answer that question in a minute, but before we do that, let's answer the question of, well, if your guy has long hair, he can't be in the church, because, well, let me just ask you this. What? <laughs> Look, just let me ask you this. How long is long? I mean, I would say that, not talking about hair, I would say that there's some Sunday mornings that Brian preaches a long time, right? <laughs> but how long is long, right? Uh, I would say that there are certain things that I do at work that take me a long time. Ty- Tyler has me tiling showers right now. Like, of all things... Tile takes me longer than anything else. I'm just slow because it's meticulous, right? But when you talk about something, how long is long? To me, if you were to ask me, now, I I actually got my hair cut this week because it was like getting bushy around my ears and it drives me crazy. Uh, But anyway, like, to me, my hair is long compared to what it used to be. I wore my hair shaved because it was easy and it was cool and I didn't have to deal with it, right? I wore it like that forever. So to me, my hair is long. Now, like, I guess it is long compared to Brady's. Now, if I, you know, get up next to Jesse, my my hair's not quite as long, right? How long is long? Well, if you, I guess, open your Bibles to the book of Second Opinions, chapter 3, verse 12, it'll tell you that it's, you know, half of a cubit in length and whatever. Where exactly do you find out what long is? That's a... <laughs> that, that's that's actually stolen. The second opinion thing is stolen. Casting Crowns has a song called Second Opinion. It's actually kind of funny. Uh, I'm not going to steal it. and Not give credit. The how long is long, right? Oh, oh, you can't answer the question, can you? Like, oh well, it's oh it's what, right? Uh, now, I understand that if you go to the book of I'm not going to go to all these verses. You go to the book of Revelation and it talks about uh, there's angels who come back with Satan and they have long hair. Okay, well, how long is long? Uh, go back to the Old Testament and having long hair was a good thing. Again, different dispensation. God's dispensing his grace in different ways. Uh, I would just, if I was you, in any context, stick to the dispensation you're in and find out how God's dealing with you today. Okay? Uh, I live in the age of grace. I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you because you're alive right now. Uh, there's really not anything that I can't do that, God, that the, the blood of Christ hasn't covered and is not going to cover. Okay. The question is, why are you doing what you're doing? And we'll get to that in a minute. There is no verse that says that your hair can be this long or that long or that long. It doesn't say that a woman's hair should be this long or that long or that long. It, so what is he talking about? right? There's, there's a song. It's an old song. The lyrics go something along the lines of, the sign says long-haired freaky people did not apply, so I tucked my hair up in my hat and I went in to ask him why. He said, you look like a fine upstanding young man, I think you'll do. And I took off my hat and said, imagine that, me working for you. right? It's all about appearance. It's all about preference. Why is it a preference? I don't know. Uh, but it's just like, oh, we have this thing in our head This says, to fit in here, you need to look like this. Well, let me just tell you something. To fit in in the church of God, you need to look like a child of God. Nothing else. You want to fit in an HBF? You need to look like a child of God. Don't come in here acting a fool, smearing the name of God around. Other than that, I really don't care what you look like. And I think I can speak for Brian Hedges in the same way. I don't care what your physical appearance looks like. Are you willing to be used? Good. Sign up. For what? Okay. You know... Figure it out, whatever it is God's calling you to do. But don't allow the adversary, the devil, to trip you up because of what you look like. Because here's what will happen. I'm going to use Jesse as an example. I didn't even ask him about this. Jesse gets offended because he's like, well, I guess I'm supposed to cut my hair. And he chops his hair off, right? And he's like, well, now I should fit in. You know what the devil's going to do? He's going to be like, well, you need to do something else now too. They, there will never be an end to what the devil will use against you. So be you. Whoever you are, be you. And be comfortable in it. And allow God to be used. Allow, not God to be, allow God to use you in whatever context. Right? Especially at HBF. You get people who come rolling in here in a lot of different facets of life, right? You get people who come in, you know, dressed all Cass County, right? And then you get other people who, uh, you know, are, aren't all Cass County. And that's okay. I don't even, Yeah, I mean, God is going to use everybody. So just find out what God wants you to do and roll with it, right? The why. Now let's get to the, the heart of this thing and I'll wrap it up. The why is so much more important than the what. The why is so much more important than the what. Sticking to the context of hair for a minute. If you like it, long, short, medium, I don't know. Like, it's, it's it's the same thing as saying, well, if you got gray hair, you don't fit in. Well, guess what? I pull gray hairs out all the time, mostly because I'm, like, trying to fight the, the aging. But at some point, I'm going to have to realize that I can keep pulling them out, but it, I might as well just shave it, right? It's part of it. The why is so much more important than the what. If you like it and your wife's into it, then roll with it. Because God's not offended by it. But let me say this. If you're doing it to somehow draw attention to yourself then maybe you should check your intentions. If you're doing it as an act of rebellion, if you're doing it, you fill in what it is of your physical appearance, right? You want to get a tattoo? Praise the Lord. I'm not under the law of Leviticus. But if you're doing it to get everybody to say, well, why do you have these? Okay, well, maybe check your intentions, okay? Whatever it is, if you're doing it to draw attention to yourself, maybe check your intentions. But if your intentions are pure and you're just like, hey, this is how I like it. My wife's into it. My husband likes it, right? Well, guess what? I'm only here to physically, my physical appearance. I'm I'm concerned about what one person thinks, and I promise it's it's my wife and that is it. I don't really care. If it was up to me, I'd probably shave my head. It's easier. But she seems to think she likes it a little bit longer. So, okay, fine, I'll roll with it. I don't care. I don't know why people trip up on this. We're to bring the, the glory to God, not ourselves. You can have long hair, short hair, anything, and bring glory to God. I promise. I've seen it happen. It's not just talking about hair here, though. It's just the example. It's the physical example that he's trying to use to teach a spiritual truth. He says, do all things to bring God glory, right? So if what you're doing is bringing God glory... And not trying to draw attention to yourself, then it's all good. But then he goes on and he says, but, you know, he uses the long hair for guys. But he's like, you know, if a woman comes in with her head all shaved, what was her intention? Okay? Same thing. It, it's up to her. Right? If her husband's like, hey, you know what, baby? I think you ought to shave your head. Baby, I didn't say that. Uh, but I, I think you ought to shave your head. I love my wife's hair. She's got the most beautiful hair in, in the world. But, uh, you know what? I think you should, I mean, I guess if that's what you all agree to, uh, Whatever. Not my personal preference, but I'm not going to be the one that's like, "Eh, you're not godly now. Okay? Same thing. He's just saying, and what he's saying here is, uh, but if a woman have long hair, it's a glory to her. Why? For her hair is giving her for covering. Well, the cool thing is, ladies, go back to the beginning of the chapter, your covering is so much more than the hair on your head. Your covering is the spiritual authority you've been given with your father, your husband, the local church, Right? Stick with your covering. The same thing. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? As long as it's not just about like, hey, look at me, I'm over here. Usually, let me just, let me just throw this out there. If you're the person that's saying, hey, look at me, I'm over here, it's because you're doing something you ought not be doing. And you're trying to draw attention to yourself. It's usually not the people that are like, hey, I'm super busy about the ministry of God. I'm like, knee deep. And what God's got me doing. And I'm just like trying to get God all the glory. It's usually not those people that are like, hey, did you see me over here trying to give... God? It's usually not those people. Why? Because they're so busy about God's work that they don't even care, right? It's not very often that I see somebody like Mitch that's just like, hey, you see me over here? I've been in the children's ministry like, you know, every week for the past hour or, you know, or Brady or Chris, I'm just looking around the room. No, it's not those kind of... They're just busy about God's work. Generally, if you're doing something that's just like, hey, did you see me... That's, I'm, yeah, I saw it, but, you know, the glory that you may have given to God, you just took for yourself. Yeah. Think context of the entire chapter here and I'll wrap it up. The entire chapter, what's the entire chapter about? Authority, right? God's got this authority structure, right? As a whole, He's got this authority structure. And He says, hey, how am I going to use this to get God the glory, right? It's a shame for a man to have any covering other than Christ. I'm not talking about hair. I'm just talking about anything that's ruling your life, anything that's an authority over your life other than Christ. That's what the entire chapter up to this point has been about. Any other authority in your life, whether it be your golf game, your work life, you fill in the blank, right? If you have any other authority in your life other than Christ, it says it's a shame unto you and it's a shame unto him. And then it goes on to say, context, it's a shame for a woman to go without the natural covering God God has given for her with her father or her husband or the local church, right? If a woman's going to go without that and say, I don't need that, well, that's fine. You might not need it. I'm just telling you what God says he gave you, right? You might not need two hands, but you like to use both of them, don't you? Right? Or anything else. The The point here is, it's all about God saying, hey, I've got a structure. And it works really well if you submit to it. But when you try to be the rogue person who steps out and says, I don't need it. Well, I mean, I know a guy who stepped out and said, I don't need it. Right? His name was Lucifer. He's not called that anymore. Right? Because he's like, you know what? I can do what God's doing, only better. And there were a whole lot of angels that followed him. And there's a whole lot of rebellious, quote-unquote, Christians that are following the same way. Because they're like, hey, I don't need that church authority structure. That's fine, you might not need it, I'm just telling you what he gave you. right?" The chapter as a whole says, hey, I've got a really good structure. It works really well. If you submit to it, and I don't mean like, yes, Lord, talking to your husband, or I just mean like, if you submit to it and say, I'm buying into it, the word submit to can just mean buying into. You know, when you buy into whatever it is, it works really well. We went to a, a banquet for uh, the Adrian football team uh, this last week. And the team went to state this year. And the coaches talked a lot about the, the group of boys where they really bought into. You know, it's the same thing. Buy into it. like Decide that, you know what, that's what I'm going to stick to. Right, Just buy into it. Submit to it. It's the same thing. Submit to, buy into, buy into God's structure and don't step out and say, I don't need it. Because when you do that, man, I'm telling you, there's, there's somebody who did that and it didn't turn out well for him. Right? It didn't turn out well for him. Okay, so these were some topics that are like, man, I, people argue about this stuff all the time. I promise, there's better things in the world to argue about than the Word of God. Because the Word of God it doesn't need even a leg to stand on because it's Christ. Uh, I promise. There's enough personal preference things in the world that you can debate on. Don't debate on the Word of God. It's clear and concise. There's no need for it, right? And if you find out that somebody's just like, well, that person doesn't know what they're doing, or they should do this, or they should do that, the best thing you can do is just don't say anything, right? What would Jesus say? Uh, he's like, oh, they hit you? Well, let them hit you again, right? Uh, How many times am I going to let them offend me, Lord? Well, 70 times 7. Try that, right? So I'm like, okay, 70 times 7. I don't do math very well. So does that mean like at the... What's 70 times 7? 490, right? So does that mean like on the 491st time that they do this, man, the wrath of me is coming. (laughs) Right? No. He's basically saying, um, just suck it up. It's not your job to retaliate. When somebody says something bad about you, when somebody attacks you, when somebody says that, oh, you need to be like this, uh, the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. When you take it for yourself, He can't. Right? When you decide that I'm going to get right, I'm going to get back or I'm going to retaliate, that's basically saying, I got this, God. You don't need to. Well, I promise God can get back way better than I can. So I'm just going to allow Him to take care of it. In whatever context it is. Okay? But I'll just completely, I'll finish with this because I'm a couple minutes over. Whatever it is that the adversary has got you tripped up on, that's making you think that I can't be used because of, that's a line of, you know what? If God wants to use you and you want to be used, there's nothing that's going to stop you, I promise. You want to disciple somebody? Man, get ready. you you want to teach somebody, you want to train somebody, you want to get involved, you want to go do this, you want to go do that, man, sign up and be ready and be willing to be used because God will use anything and anybody. I promise, if he can use me, a dumb kid from Cass County, to do some of the things that he's allowed me to do, he'll use anybody. So um, don't allow any of that other junk to get in your way. And if anybody wants to question any of the stuff that we've talked about, just tell them to come talk to me. You know, if you're just like, I can't really explain it the way that, that Jason did, and I can't explain it very well either. But um, don't be, just allow the Word of God to define itself, to stand on itself, okay? And give God the glory for everything that you're doing. Make sense? All right, let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your Word and the clarity that's in it. Lord, I thank you for passages that are confusing and hard because it, it, it makes us, in a world that moves at mock speed, to slow down. And try to hear from you. Uh Lord, I pray that there were I wish there were more passages like this in the Bible and I pray that we would slow down and hear from you a little more. I pray that no matter what we're doing, what we look like, uh, that we would just give you the glory because that's what you've called us to do more than anything else, Lord. Uh I pray for the Passpoint class, the church at HBF as a whole, that you would just uh really um, just use them uh to get your word of God where it needs to go on time. Uh minister to their families, Lord, minister uh just to those around them. Uh Lord, that they would just draw close to you. Look, uh, Lord, I know there's people in here that just need to just need to hold fast to what you're telling them to do, um, Lord. And so I pray that you would just uh empower these people to uh be exactly what you've created them to be. Uh thank you for the structure you've given us uh in your Bible. Uh Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us today through Pastor Brian as he preaches to us, that you get all the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen. All right, guys, see you next week.